she was just an everyday housewife. Sounds like the name of a song, doesn't it? But then she got on Twitter and morphed into a bona fide social media influencer with 800,000 followers. Here's the tale of how Joanne Carducci became JoJo from Jersey. I want to welcome to the Cultural Scavenger, the glamorous and talented social media influencer, Joanne Carducci, famously known by her Twitter handle as Joe from Jersey. <laughs> welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I am good, Joe. It's gr- I'm glad to see you. Uh, and and so I guess the, with that introduction, the most obvious question is, when did you get on Twitter and why? Um, well, like a lot of people, I got on Twitter after Donald Trump. So I came on Twitter in January of 2017. Um, and the reason for that was because where I live, it's New Jersey. Yeah, people think New Jersey is blue, but where I live is very red. It's the northwest corner of the state, mm-hmm. and my Facebook feed, at the time I was only on Facebook, I didn't understand what Twitter was, I thought it was pretty silly, but my Facebook feed was full of very positive Trumper stuff, um, and I was just, it was depressing, and I didn't think it represented me, and I didn't feel seen, and I felt like I was crazy, so I was like, let's try this Twitter thing, if not for anything else, but that's to go on there and tell Donald Trump that he has old balls. And so <laughs> was that your that was my, that's good good lead in. Was that your first tweet? I think that was my second tweet. <laughs> I think my first tweet because I really didn't understand it at all. I really didn't understand Twitter at all. So my first tweet, I think I said, "I'm sorry you have to see yourself naked." I think. I mean, there's a way to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it was something like that. Yeah, I think the old balls one was my second one. So so you tweeted it wasn't just like, "Hey, I'm on Twitter." How is everybody? I think that's what I did. It was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to t- type something out, and God only knows what, if the tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? Well, same yeah. thing with Twitter. But you actually tweeted at someone, and I guess that someone was yeah. our uh, dear uh, former dear yeah. leader. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I really, honestly, I joke about this all the time because I didn't know how to um, how to enter a separate line of text in a tweet. I didn't. I didn't know that you hit the return return, and it would give you a whole new line of text. So my tweets were just run-ons, like they were sentences, but there was no break. There was no new paragraph, <laughs> and it took me almost two years to figure that. <laughs> well, so then, once I figured it out, I went the other extreme. And now, one of the things about my tweets that you may notice, people might notice, is often it's like they almost look like stanzas in in a poem because that's how I that's how I like to write them. Because I, once I figured that out, I was never looking back. Well, and maybe that's why you became such a, you know, you had such a huge following is that, oh, this woman writes poetry. How that. great. We're going to follow her. So, yeah. so, so so, how did you become an influencer? I mean, how, how did you go from I'm tweeting about old balls to now you have, <laughs> what, close to a million Twitter followers? Yeah, it's. It's really weird because, um, again, it wasn't something I'd ever anticipated happening in my life. My life in January of 2017 and my life now, they really couldn't be any more polar opposite than than they are. Um, 
because in 2017, I was a, a suburban mom. I am now as well, but I was married. I am not married now. Um, I worked, I think at that time, part-time at a daycare center and a gym. I was sort of like lost, um, very depressed about the election and the state of things and worried um, about everything from we're going to lose, you know, our bodily autonomy to we're going to die in a nuclear war with North Korea, you know, and um, I, I just started tweeting just for myself. But I thought like that was the extent of it. And then I started finding people's voices that resonated with me and made me feel less crazy. And then I started feeling more comfortable sharing my own voice. And honest to God, ever since sort of that clicked where I was like, oh, wow, I I can be a voice for other people that resonates with them. Like the, like I found when I came here, I haven't really looked back. I haven't really stopped. Um, so my life since 2017, again, it's completely different. I, I worked in education also at between then and now. Um, but I, I just think one of those things happened where I found myself again through finding my voice again through, believe it or not, of all people on the planet, Donald Trump, because he ignited this like fire that was long since dormant in me that I thought was gone this passion to get involved and to stand up and to advocate and to speak out things I had done in my youth and lost sight of. So I think really for me, I don't think of myself as an influencer at all. I think of myself as someone who just, well, A, runs her mouth a lot, but B, wants to be for other people what I found on Twitter, which was a, a home like to feel seen, you know, to feel like you're, you're not crazy. What is it? about that content that resonates with your followers. You've always got something funny and clever and a generally a, a pretty good fuck you to, a, you yeah. know, the, to the right people. Uh, yeah. so, or the wrong well, people, just to, <laughs> as the case may be. Yeah, exactly. But, so, so it's, it really is. It's, it's just a, I get a kick out of constantly seeing the little, the pokes that you, <laughs> that you're, <laughs> And and with and, and I, so I guess that that resonates with people and you know is that how you s grew the the following from I don't know how many did you start out with when you did the Zero. old ball yeah my well, friend Lorian followed me back then and I it took me a year to get to a thousand I remember I was on a special ed bus at the time um, and uh, there were no kids on the bus, but I was just supposed to be on the bus for when the kids got on. And before they got on, I was checking my Twitter. I hit a thousand. I was like, wow, this is crazy. A thousand people in the world follow me. Took another year to get to 10. And then it kind of just grew exponentially. Um, but I think what it is, this is what I've been told is that, um, well, again, this is the key for anybody who's listening, for anybody who wants to approach any sort of social media in any way, shape or form, the key is to be yourself. That, they, that to be authentic, to be genuine, and to lean into who you are, your voice, because authenticity is what resonates most with people. Like if you're if if you if everything you say feels rehearsed or canned or or stolen or repetitive or not like it's coming from you, um, people are not going to gravitate to it as much. And one of the things about how I talk <laughs> in real life and on Twitter is that I laced a lot of expletives into the things that I say, but I also believe firmly that humor, especially now, is an incredibly important tool for carrying heavy content because yeah. especially during Trump's tenure, 
I, personally, anyway, I thought if I can't find a way to laugh at all at this craziness, I'm going to lose it because this is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so if you add a little like levity into what might seem so heavy that people can't even handle it, I think it makes people feel like, okay, I can keep going. I can move on. It's going to be okay. Or at least I can get through this moment, you know? And that's genuinely the way that I approach life and genuinely the way that I talk like in my scariest, like when I was giving birth to my, to my daughter, who was a C-section and she was double foot long, foot length breach, however you say that. And I was cracking jokes with the doctors, you know, doing the surgery. That's just how I roll. So that's, I think that's something that resonates with people. The way you've mixed humor, it's uh, in, into your into your tweets. Uh, it's a it's a winning formula. Since you follow me, maybe you you can critique the you know the stuff that I've done. And when we first talked, you know, I had I probably nine hundred followers a year ago. And then when I ran for Congress, all of a sudden, and I had somebody that was that I hired to do social media, which I didn't think I needed until I started running. And then I later found out that, you know, anybody that's in politics in elected office, they're not tweeting or or very damn few of them. They're all, they, they have staff that do this. And so this person was like, you know, she listened to me and she listened to my voice and, you know, I was getting followers. I went from 900 to when I announced, you know, that by the end of that day, I had like 10,000 followers in that, that one day. And then it went up to, you know, a week later it was 20 and it was like, Jesus Christ, this is just, this is unbelievable. Somebody said, well, you know, you, have you looked at who you're, who's following you? And I went, no. And, and then I was, then I looked, it was like George Takai and, and chef Andres and, and, Maria Shriver and Mika Brzezinski. And I'm going, Christ almighty, who, I mean, <laughs> why are they following me? I mean, what have I done other than run for Congress? I was like, how did this happen? But the, the tweets that I was, you know, that were identified with me weren't, wasn't coming from me, but it was very, I don't know. It was close, but it wasn't stuff that I would have put out there because I wanted to pound them. I wanted to get out there. And, and, and I think that's kind of, in, in large part, that's what Twitter is. It was explained to me. It's kind of a, it's a rage machine. And, and I guess you have to temper it sometimes. And, and with my experience, politics, politics, politics. Oh, and then golden retrievers and the golden <laughs> retrievers, the golden retrievers were always the highlight. I mean, I would, oh, yeah. or, or with something with, you know, with Allison, I, I found a picture and I posted that. I said, you know, I just found this. You know, I thought I'd seen all my, all the pictures, but this one just popped up, and I posted on Twitter, and it's like a lot. So mine mine was different. Yeah, I mean, your story again. I don't know. We talked about this before we had this this mm-hmm. call, and I I expressed my condolences and just my just uh, sympathies for what happened to you and to your family and to Allison. I, we've talked about offline, you know how how that impacted me personally, uh, what happened mm. to her, but your story resonates. It resonates in the turn, in, in the way that it makes people feel like they know you in a way because they shared something so traumatic with you that like, there's this sort of connectedness to someone you've never met just through this sort of shared pain. And this idea that we can 
we can imagine what you went mm-hmm. through or are going through. Um, you know, so I think as to some of the reason why so many like large names, famous people follow you is be- is because of that. You know what I mean? They want to check in on you. They want to see if you're okay. They, they, they genuinely care about a stranger that they've never met because well, they went through this horrible experience with you. That's an interesting take. And I, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have thought it about it that way, but who are the, the folks that, that you like to see what's going on check in on them and see what's going on? Yeah, it's funny because one of the voices that in the beginning made me feel like I wasn't losing my mind and I wasn't alone in this, like, what is going on here? Trump is the apocalypse, like, mindset was um, the volatile mermaid. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, when I came on Twitter with zero followers, she was one of the bigger accounts out there. Um, She's amazing. She's funny. She's brave. She's fierce. Um, She doesn't back down. She... She made me feel like I had agency to speak up and, and lean into who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, so she's one of my favorite accounts. But I also every single day I check the same accounts. Like, I don't know if you have it set up to for notifications for other people's tweets, but I do. And um, Ron Filipowski, I, yeah. I tend to like the content that's visual. So uh, Ron Filipowski is a friend. I love what he does. He He's a really interesting cat because um, he really he, he jokes all the time. He's like, I'm not even a Democrat. He's, you know, he was, yeah. he's the old guard, right? Of Republicans, mm. the breed of Republican that seems to no longer exist. They're, they're the right. rhinos. He's just a rational human being who can see two plus two equals four. And he's, he's calling out the extremism that has completely consumed that party whole. I like him. Um, I like Aaron uh, Rupar for the same reason. Yep. He does. They do. And they work together. And however you say his name, Asien, Asin, he's another account that does that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's so another the, one that followed me, and I'm going. Who yeah. is this guy? I mean, yeah, and they all and they all provide such a great service because they they really do. It's the visual content that they provide without mm-hmm. as much commentary. Ron leans a little bit more heavy on the commentary than maybe the other people do, but um, and then I just I love a lot of I love a lot of um, politicians. I love Jamie Raskin's feed, Adam Schiff's feed, Katie Porter. Um, you know, I I love following all of them. But and George Conway, you know, his he he was actually ironically my real the first time I ever started realizing that hey maybe this Twitter thing is working out for me in a way was when he started noticing my tweets and then started retweeting them and then he retweeted this viral thread of mine um, which was so so fun and goes back to adding some humor into a situation where you really just want to bang your head against the wall. But I still I love George, you know, I know he gets a lot of crap, but so- he. So you've, got, you've got a few, uh, yeah. So you've got yeah. some folks with some stature there too. I, how does you just mentioned something, and that was going to be one of my questions, and I can ask it now. Then sure. how, does it, how does how does a tweet go viral? I mean, how I, I see people that you know they'll tweet something and they don't have. And again, you'll you'll see from this, you know, from our conversation here. You know, I still, even though I've been on Twitter for a while, I still don't know how the hell it works. Uh, I, I know a little bit, but I don't know a lot about it. But, you know, I'll see people that that have, you know, a few thousand followers and, you know, they, they'll tweet something and it just goes viral. I mean, it gets thousands and thousands of likes, per se. How, how yeah. do they do it? How does that happen? I, I honestly, I, I when I thought I knew. Uh, Elon took over and now I don't know anything, but, um, 
it, the, when I thought I understood the algorithms, it really still didn't make sense to me that someone who didn't have a lot of followers could go viral. But it really, in that case, it, it really speaks to the content of it. Mm-hmm. It has to strike exactly the right chord at exactly the right time. Um, and then it, it, it can take off. Um, and then what happens is when the algorithm was working the way the algorithm used to work, uh, it just kind of just, it's organic, it almost like a, like a baby rabbit or something. Like it just keeps multiplying, you know, like, a, <laughs> like, uh, chinchillas or something. It just keeps going and going and snowballing. And then, and then it goes viral. I mean, now I, I don't know. I, I haven't had a tweak over a hundred thousand in probably two weeks or something. So now I don't know. Again, I don't really fully understand the Elon's algorithms. Um, but really the number one thing is the content has to be there or you're never, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people see it. If it doesn't resonate, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And you mentioned Elon. I mean, certainly the, the atmosphere is, well, I think the atmosphere changed even before Elon took over. And, and as one who helped me when I ran for Congress said, you know, Twitter, Twitter's a different animal than Facebook. And so is the audience. I mean, the audience is completely different. To, to a degree, uh, you know, it's lots of journalists on the platform. And, yeah. and she was saying, you know, that's kind of who your audience is. Your audience is yeah. journalists that, that are yeah. on Twitter. I mean, how do you see yeah. it? I mean, I always thought of Twitter as kind of like the the back, like the fight club room at a, like fancy, like, fancy yeah. restaurant or fancy club. <laughs> and like the, we're going to duke it so out. Yeah. Right, right. I always thought of it as kind of the dirtiest of the platforms, you know, like you go in there and you roll up your sleeves and you're prepared for a fight. Yeah. Um, Facebook was has never felt like that. Facebook just feels kind of like, uh, no offense, I'm a mom, but it feels like that's where moms post their pictures of their kids. And it's like, sure. uh, and I don't get into conversation. I don't get into debates on Facebook. I don't, I barely ever check my Facebook. I have it just really to keep up with the memories of my kids' pictures yeah. um, because I posted for years just on there. And then Instagram is another whole other thing that is very visual and, but they're completely different consumers. The consumer of Instagram is not the Twitter consumer is not the Facebook consumer. And you're never going to make all of them happy at the same time. But that that's why Twitter, my best friends, when I started getting some success on Twitter, we're like, this is why this is the perfect platform for you. Like I can just go in, I can punch, I can say something and then I can leave. I don't have to engage in anything else. It Mm -hmm. kind of feels like that's how it feels. Um, But it's very different. It is kind of a hit and run. And and I'm kind of like you now that the Facebook, you know, I had a lot more followers on or friends on Facebook than I did uh, on Twitter. But yeah, it's kind of like, Okay, here's the here you connect with the your old friends, but I just I don't do much on it anymore. Like yeah. you, I like to go in, hit, do the hit and run on Twitter, and, yeah, uh, and and see yeah. what happens. For for the longest time, it wasn't a cesspool like Facebook and YouTube have become, but is it starting to be a, a cesspool? I, I mean, I don't have the 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 biggest library to compare right so i only have since i've been on it since 2017 but i will say that since 2017 even counting when donald trump was on the platform actively um to to now it feels like a dramatically different experience and not for the better Mm. um i don't know if the word cesspool is the word i would use I never, ever used to call it a hellscape, but I do feel like there is some layer of truth to it being called that now. It mm-hmm. 
it's gotten slightly better. It was really, really bad for a while where whatever was happening, um, it was so nasty and so toxic and so scary and threatening. And the, the, it felt like someone, someone opened like a dark secret cabinet and all of this ugliness came out. And it was, it was like trying to navigate a minefield, just, just, just being on the platform. And I know a lot of people were like, this is awful. I need to get off. I can't be here. Yeah. And they, a lot of people did threaten to leave. It turns out not very many people did leave or if they did, they came back. Um, but overall there is, there's a sense of hostility now, at least to my experience, in my experience, in, in my replies in particular, that I never experienced before. And I don't know if that's because people feel emboldened because Elon really just sort of, I mean, he encourages this yeah. kind of content or if it's something in the algorithm or if it's bots, I really don't know what it is. Um, but, but for a while there, it was, I didn't even want to go on because the top replies, which usually are supposed to be the people who you interact with the most would be just like, is this why your husband left you? It's like, th like that's the kind well, of I thing. I was going to ask you about that. Did Twitter break up your marriage? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. Of course. But. Well, no, but I mean, I'm happy to answer that question in a weird way. I mean, I, and I can answer it because in a weird way, it didn't break up my marriage, but in a weird way, it is connected to my marriage ending. So if you're curious about that, I'm, I'm an open book. I can share that if you want. Oh, that's okay. Uh, okay. It, it wasn't, uh, suffice to say, there were other underlying issues there, and it wasn't just Twitter. <laughs> no, no, but Twitter, I know I joked about this, I've told you this too, but in many ways, Twitter and Donald Trump saved my life because I was really yeah. despondent and depressed before 2016. I, I thought I, I was just like wilting and turning into this just function of suburbia and that my that I was going to be one of those moms you see at, you know sporting events who's just miserable and all she is is a function of her motherhood and that, that that's bad because motherhood is the most important thing in the world to me but I didn't want to lose my autonomy and that was what was happening so well, I came sounds, back to life after that. sounds like you uh, you know Elon you know he should listen to this the the moral of the story is that Twitter saved her life. Look at this. She's a model for what <laughs> this, this is right. the greatness right. of Twitter. But, yeah, but you yeah. had, he, I don't think he's a fan of mine. <laughs> no, no. no. Speaking of, have you uh, you've gotten threats, abuse, et cetera, from? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've uh, last summer was really hard, and I did not ever expect to be. In, to be calling the police, the FBI, the Secret Service, but that's what happened. Uh, I had death threats. I had after Paul Pelosi's attack, I'd been getting text messages that were very violent for for weeks. Um, and then Paul Pelosi's attack happened, and that day, someone sent me some pictures of my house oh. and a voicemail that said, uh, "We're going to Paul Pelosi you next." And Jesus I Christ. had the my kids, thank God, were not here at the time. I called the police. I was really scared. I never had it. I've never actually had an experience where I felt like that before. And I, I like, I really honestly didn't know what to do. I mean, all I could think about was these people are insane. The, the, my politics, differing from their politics, would make them want to kill me, murder me, beat me up with a hammer to the mm -hmm. skull. You know, and it's like, but I, 
I also had someone impersonate a secret service agent and say that they were from the secret service. I had to call the secret service. I had that I was hacked. I had several, again, threats, people leaving voicemails, but um, knock on wood, I had, I took some steps. I've got lots of security measures now, and I took some steps online to take myself off of the internet as much as possible in terms of any information. Mm -hmm. So all of that has helped. Um, I recently got something that was like violent, but not threatening necessarily but that's i mean it's much better than it was but you just don't really imagine that somebody would go to that line well this day and age you do and particularly if you're a woman i think that yeah. that's probably they see you as okay well we can just mess with her because she's a woman she's not going to do anything about it yeah um, right uh, yeah, yeah well thankfully they attack yeah, they attack my identity a lot too. Like they go after my looks, they go after my size, they go after my divorce, they go after me, yeah. my motherhood. Those are their constant attacks every day, all day. Right, right. Well, and then they climb out of their grandmother's basement and go, oh, <laughs> it's a nice day out here today. Oh, well, <laughs> screw that. We're going to go back and mess with Joe yeah, some more. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 100%. You know? At one point, at the zenith of my followers uh count uh, I, you know i had a, a little over 60,000 people which in, in the scheme of things it's not 400 but it's not a million mm -hmm. so it's somewhere in the middle and now it's dropped down to about of those followers it's down to like 5400 mm -hmm. uh, i'm sorry 54,000 have you lost followers and if so why do you think that is well there was a minute there that i was losing followers around christmas time um yeah that's yeah, I don't know why, but I also get attacked from our side, our side. They, the plenty of people attack me over there. And I, that could have been why um, I was also hacked. And I think that I lost some followers in the confusion of that. But I will say um, that stopped and then the hemorrhaging stopped and I've been growing since then. So, I mean, that's that's an upside. I don't know and where I, people find me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, you know, when, when Elon took over, I think a lot of people said, well, I'm leaving. I'm, you know, screw yeah. this. He's going to ruin it. Definitely. But they haven't. And I'm sure it's, there are people that have left, but not in the droves that everybody was predicting that this was going to be the end of Twitter. Unfortunately, as it turns out, it's kind of like staying in a bad marriage. In a bad relationship. <laughs> right? Because like you're like, oh, you know, Twitter's awful and I feel gross and I just feel dirty when I go there. But like this guy over here at Post is so boring. And it's like yeah. he's really nice, but he's so boring. <laughs> and that sucks. That's kind of where we're at. Like, yeah, I think so. It's like, well, yeah. let's see. We, yeah, we could go over there, but Nah, it, right? It's, it and, is. and and because so many of us are doing that, he really he just keeps winning. And it's like yeah. unless we have some mass true mass exodus, which would require a lot of different people checking their egos and getting in bo on board, mm -hmm. it's not gonna. Happen. I agree. I don't think it's going any going anywhere until he just absolutely runs it into the ground. Do you? Yeah. Do you think that he's going to keep it going, or is he is he going to just completely ruin it once and for all? I don't know how much worse it could actually get because from what I understand, two things. He does, he is saying he'll be leaving by the end of the year and whatever. Yeah. He said that before. But also, I believe that they're pretty much at the lowest mm -hmm. in terms of staff they can be. And it's still working. It's not working perfectly. It's a, it's a mess. A lot of the times, it's really, my DMs are a disaster. But 
I don't think he can actually make any more cuts. So I don't think it's going to get worse. I think I also think that a lot of the most hateful voices that seemed emboldened by him are probably growing bored of yeah. just like shouting into the void. But uh, I, I mean, I think eventually, like all things, it like Facebook eventually will peter out. All of this, we, MySpace petered out. Like all of this will mm. peter out eventually. Yeah, and then the next thing will come along. You know, TikTok or Snapchat. Oh, that's or... yeah. I was going to ask you about TikTok. Yeah, I, I know you're on TikTok. I, I, I have, I have honestly never opened up the app. I've never seen a TikTok. I, it's like, no, I don't. I just don't. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Tell me yeah. your TikTok experience. Tell me, what do you do in real life? You know, just besides Twitter guru, what do you do? Well, I'm a mom. So, okay. right. Like that, like what I do, what I do is I like, I literally live a real regular suburban mom existence. Right. My kids play four or five sports, six sports total. Like in real life, I'm a mom who does all the mom things. And in my town, I'm just like I'm just a mom. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm not some influencer or whatever. But uh, on do, do people do people in in your town in Northwest Jersey? Go, so you know when they see you, do they go, "Oh, it's Joe from Jersey"? Do well, get, or are they even on Twitter? <laughs> so most people here are not on Twitter. But right. the days of me being an anonymous person in terms of even in my friend groups about being on Twitter are over that right. long since that ship sailed a while back. And it's just this thing we don't talk about. It's really weird. The only time anyone ever says anything to me about it, people I've known for a decade is when there's alcohol involved. And then they feel like brave enough to be like, but I did have one bad experience where somebody had a little too much to drink and at a Yankees game decided to start screaming my handle, but he was getting it wrong. And it was oh. very embarrassing. Because that, what is sort of like this unspoken thing here is that our politics don't jive. They know how I feel. I know how they feel. And one of the ways we get along through this life that we live is by not talking about this stuff. Yeah. But when you add, introduce alcohol into the situation, then they feel like, you know, they've got their beer muscles and they can spout off a little bit. Anything they want to say. Yeah. So, so for those that want to be a player on Twitter, what does one have to do to increase their engagement exponentially number one um be yourself like literally just be yourself whatever is truthful to you people will feel that when they read your content um number two re have good content right? yeah. like if your content is true to yourself and it still sucks nobody cares um the <laughs> quickest tip like the quickest little tip i honestly swear by this i'm telling you this any also too i am a reply guy by heart i've always been a reply guy that's somebody who just spends their whole day replying to other people's tweets without crafting their own i love replying to tweets and replying to tweets gets you seen because if you reply to a big account like a ron filipowski somebody sees your, your reply and thinks i like that person and then they follow you yeah. and then the more people you get to do that then you can start creating crafting your own content so you got to go so you got to go beyond just hitting the the little heart the like button you got to actually reply respond oh yeah to okay. well, thousand trillion trillion percent i mean yeah. that's how all, so many people went viral and got famous because they did that to trump I mean that that's honest to God that, wow. that people are doing it right now with Elon. Yeah, I think you know, that's the like I think that's the best probably the best kept secret and probably the the most important thing to do. Yep. yep. Well cool. Hey, it it's been wonderful having you on the program. Thanks so much for being here and, and it's just great chatting with you and I'm sure we'll we may just continue the conversation another time again. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to get to talk to you. Likewise. Take care, Joe. Thanks. You too, Andy. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's the story. A special acknowledgement to Mary Ann Kennedy, Pat Bunch, and Pam Rose for allowing me to use their music from Safe in the Arms of Love, a song Allison loved. If you liked what you heard, please share my podcast with your friends. And while you're at it, why not subscribe? And I'd sure appreciate a great rating in Apple Podcasts, too. I'm Andy Parker, and I'll be here next week with another episode of The Cultural Scavenger. Thanks for listening.